unearthing wellness. Clint Ober on earth grounding and its healing benefits. Join us in this enlightening conversation with Clint, the trailblazing pioneer of the grounding movement. With over two decades of dedicated research and numerous studies under his belt, Clint has been instrumental in revealing the potential health benefits of grounding, an intriguing practice that connects us directly to the Earth's energy. In this interview, we delve deep into how grounding can potentially alleviate chronic pain, improve sleep quality, and promote overall body wellness by reducing inflammation. Clint shares fascinating insights from his experiments and provides practical tips on how you can incorporate grounding into your daily routine for improved health and well-being. This is a must-watch for anyone interested in exploring alternative health practices that align us more closely with nature. Don't miss out on this opportunity to learn from the master himself. Tune in, ground yourself, and start your journey towards better health today. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Let me share with you a little bit about our guest today. Clint Ober, CEO of EarthFX Incorporated, started his career in the cable TV installation industry in the 1960s, where he first learned about grounding. He later found Telecrafter Corporation, which became the largest cable installation service provider in the U.S. during the 80s. He ventured into the computer industry and played a significant role in developing the first cable modem. Post-retirement in 1995, he embarked on a journey that led him to hypothesize the health benefits of grounding the human body to the earth. Observing people's use of insulating footwear, 
He speculated its potential impact on health. His experiment suggested that grounding could reduce chronic pain and improve sleep. For the past two decades, he has backed research studies showing that grounding reduces inflammation and promotes the normal functioning of all body systems. Please help me welcome Clint. Hi, Clint. Hi, April. Thank you so much for inviting me on uh, your show and, and being able to share uh, the last uh, a project I've been working on for the last 25 years. It's a uh, a real pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show, Clint. It truly is an honor to have you. I'm so excited to dive in because when I first learned about what you know, it was this aha moment of why didn't I know or think of this? It makes so much sense. So let's start a little bit and Let's share with the audience a little bit about who you are. Okay. Um, I uh, grew up on a ranch in Montana. And um, in that environment, you know, you kind of spend a lot of time out in nature. Yeah. And <clears throat> primarily I had a, uh, uh, you know, taking care of animals. You're, I remember when I was a young boy, my grandfather the father was told me he said yeah you're a cowboy like the uh but you're not like the cowboys on tv <laughs> you know you sit on a horse and you ride the pasture and you look constantly looking at the animals making sure that they're happy and healthy and meaning if one's not looking like the rest you take them out of the herd put them in a holding pen then you go ride the pasture and see what's going on because something in the pasture probably contributed to the animal's uh, discomfort and so on. So you'd go check the water, you'd go check the, uh, ride the pasture, make sure there's no noxious weeds growing or the grass is not too short because something in the environment contaminated, uh, something is contaminated and that's what created the health issue. So, but that's, how, so I grew up with that prevention concept, meaning that if uh, you're not well or something's not wrong, I mean, not right, or one of the kids is sick, you would say, you know, well, what have you been doing? <laughs> What's you know, what the root cause? What caused this? Yeah. Because because the concept is, uh, is health is the body's most natural state. You see that in the wild. You see that in the animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't see it as much in the human population today in the indoor animals. But, but anyhow... Uh, so I grew up with that bent, and um, um, so I've always just innately look at things that way. And uh, then when I left that environment, I, I went, I, I discovered the uh, cable television industry. It was not cable television back then. It was called Community Antennas. And so we'd run a wire down a mountainside and hook everybody's TV to it so we could get TV signals. <laughs> And then it flourished in over the next, you know, 30, 40 years, it flourished into the industry that it is today. And I uh, was glad to be a part of it because I thought it was the greatest thing in the world for, uh, for like if you live in Billings, Montana or somewhere where you only get one or two TV stations, all of a sudden you got two, four, six, eight, ten, 10, and now 500. Yeah. And so it opened the world up. It lets you, it's an eye on the world. So you could see 
uh, it's bigger than the little community that you live in or the ideologies and everything that goes on in your little bitty community. And so I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. So I spent 30 years in that industry and I loved it and I helped build it. And uh, I'm very proud of what we did. And, and I, I left when I was uh, 50, I retired when I was 50. I'd been in the, in it for about 30 years. And, uh, uh, you know, because it, it was an entrepreneurial thing when I got involved, it was like inventing and creating and whatever. Now it's mm -hmm. a, and it has to be run like a business, not a lot of room for entrepreneurs. And so anyhow, I, um, uh, in the early days of cable, we learned that because you have wire up in the air and you have cables running everywhere and there's lightning and there's atmospheric electricity and so on. So we learned early that we had to ground the cable systems in order before we could run a wire into a home, you had to cut it and splice it and part of it had to go to the ground, part of it could go in the house. And that way, if there was any lightning in the air, then it could be arrested and and prevent fire in the home. Yeah. <laughs> From a lightning <laughs> strike and the like. So <clears throat> I have a 30-year background in grounding communications equipment, not just cable uh, outlets, but everything in the industry had to be connected to the earth. The reason is that... <clears throat> Uh, the earth maintains a, what we call, um, I hate to use that word negative, but it's a negative electrical charge. And uh, it's, the, the earth is uh, charged by the sun. You know, the sunlight hits the earth. Yeah. The electrons and protons, they come and they hit the surface of the earth. And, and it's that energy that creates all life. It creates everything. Yeah on the planet and but anyhow uh, throughout all time it was never nobody needed to know about grounding uh, because we were always barefoot or we slept on the earth or we you know mm. live plants and but we didn't have um, you know the modern things that we have yeah. but anyhow, so we were always naturally grounded to the earth and so but anyhow, so grounding is, unless you were in a profession or an industry where, because even in, in the early days of cable, we didn't really understand it until we started having a couple of lightning strikes and some fires. <laughs> yeah. Then the world mm -hmm. changed. So, but, uh, and that was in the 60s. So it was only, you know, 60 years ago. <laughs> okay. It's amazing. And then... Yeah. Um, so, but anyhow, it's, uh, uh, so I just have a working knowledge of how it all works. And, but the reason we ground a cable system or an electronic equipment or anything electrical, including your home, is <clears throat> to maintain the electrical stability in the home or in the work environment uh, to prevent primarily to prevent fire, to prevent harm. Uh, from the electrical devices we have in our homes. And um, and so it's really about safety and electrical stability. Yeah. So, which, uh, and then when I retired from it, uh, I was 50 years old. And um, it was just, uh, I had a, a health event at that time 
where I was, um, I had been going to a bunch of Christmas parties in Denver and I ended up, uh, and they thought I was hepatitis because there was some hepatitis going around in the Denver area. And but anyhow, I kept going in for tests every week, and they they say, well, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. Mm-hmm. Then I kept getting weaker and weaker, and uh, eventually I had to go, near Christmas Day. I had to go to the emergency room, and I went in, and they put me on a CAT scan and to try to find out what was going on because my liver was shutting down and I was turning yellow and all that. And <clears throat> the next morning they came, the doc came in, and he said, well, we have some good news, and we have some not so good news. The good news was they figured out what it was, and they said they asked me if I had been bitten. I said no. They said, "Have you been to a dentist?" And I said, "Yes." About a month ago, I had a root canal, and mm-hmm. he said, "Okay, well, um, there's some infection in your liver, and there's it's a big abscess, and if they cultured it, and they found that it was from some mouth bacteria." And so the bad news was that I was only 50 years old. I wasn't an alcoholic. I was in pretty good health, um, but I didn't have time. There was so much damage done to the liver. I didn't have time mm. to get a new liver because back then it could have taken a long time and it wasn't real popular, uh, trans, you know, transplanting livers and so on because right. of the failure, failure rate back in those days. Mm. <clears throat> so anyhow, I... Um, uh, went home, and then fortunately, a, a young doc from Swedish Medical Center in Denver called and said they would like to do some s- experimental surgery. And so they went in. I went into the hospital. I didn't have any choice, you know. <laughs> so I went in, and um, I had no idea whether I was going to see daylight again after they, I went under. And um, so anyhow, I did. I recovered. But what they did, they went in and cut out about the majority of the main lobe of my liver. And so all that was left was just a little piece. Mm. And they they didn't know if I could produce enough energy to keep going. But anyhow, a year, within 90 days, I could get up and walk and move around pretty good and go back and forth for little walks. And then uh, <clears throat> within six months, my liver grew back 100% in size to the original size. Wow didn't know about it. I don't know if anybody knew about it back then. I'm sure they knew about it, but but anyhow, so at 50, I have a new liver, new energy, and I'm ready to go. Problem was I retired, and I didn't want to go back to work in that industry, so I spent four years. I went and bought a small RV. I sold, well, there's another piece of the story, if we have I feel like there's a piece missing, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so anyhow, I was... Um, and when I was recovering from that event, you know, I had spent my life climbing the mountain like all 50-year-olds. I mean, guys, you know, you just go and go and and you're playing king of the mountain, saying who's yeah. going to win. And I had done okay. And um, but anyhow, I I had I I had a 5,000 square foot A-frame home on top of Stanley Mountain in Evergreen, Colorado. I could see Vail and I could see Denver. Beautiful. That's king yeah. of the mountain, you know. Yeah. And I had all the toys and everything, but I had collected art my whole life. Uh, Western art primarily started in Montana. Uh, a lot of Native American art. And a lot of it's all original. And and that was just my passion. And anyhow, I woke up one morning and I 
I, I stared out the window and all of a sudden everything was different. I mean, the, it's like the pine needles were vibrating. Uh, they were electric, they were electrified, but they were brighter green. The sky was a bluer blue, but everything was more energetic. And I didn't, and then a little bit of time went by and then I looked around the room and I thought, you know, I almost died. And what would have happened to everything that I owned and collected and uh, that was precious to me or important to mm. protect and so on. And I realized that, you know, the kids would have come and taken what they wanted. And most people wouldn't have known why I bought a particular piece of art or something 30, 40, 50 years ago, you know. And so it just sent a cold chill through my being. And I said, you know, this is... Um, I didn't, after that, I didn't want to own anything because I had an aversion to owning it because you're not going to take any of this stuff with you, <laughs> no matter no matter what it is. And um, so I, I ended up giving away literally everything I owned, sold my home, all that kind of stuff, pretty much give away everything and donated art to give back to the museums, places where they needed it, where people could see it and enjoy it and so on. And some I gave to the kids and so on. But anyhow, I, I gave everything I owned away. And I sold the company I had to the employees and I just walked away because I it just something changed to me. I was not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I said to myself, I said, next time I die, I do not want to feel this feeling that I have, which was my whole life was about being a great consumer and a great collector. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, so anyhow i said next time i die i want to i want to be happy with myself not because of what i had acquired <laughs> but uh i want to do something that makes me feel good about myself so when i die i can be i i because you die alone you know nobody's going to die with you <laughs> right, right so it's a it's a very personal thing yeah so so i wanted to be i wanted to make my life about something more but i didn't want to make it about money i didn't want anything more to do with the money and so i ended up buying a small rv and i had two and a half suitcases of clothing and some little things that i wanted to take with me put it in the rv and i took off and i started traveling for and i spent four years our lives were never the same after we learned our 21 year old daughter Kristen was murdered by her ex-boyfriend it's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast and my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Primarily staying in uh, national parks or really nice RV parks or 
you know, county parks, wherever, you're just in nature. I just wanted to be in nature. I wanted to be away from everything. And then, so one night I was down in Key Largo, Florida. I'd been on the road for about four years. And I had this antsy feeling come over me like, okay, it's time. I got to go do something. I can't just keep this up as much as it is. Because I got to see the whole United States, all the national parks. It was just a wonderful journey. And so anyhow, but I was standing out on the bay uh, looking at the Gulf of Mexico and down in the uh, the mangroves and the keys and there, there was you know all the wildlife there and there was no people and there was no telephone poles nothing you know it was just a wonderful place and suddenly i was standing there and the rv was packed up to the backed up to the bay there and i was watering some manatee because they liked the fresh water and um i just had all of a sudden i had this feeling come over me it was like nature it was like the earth was talking to me and that's not a new experience for me because I grew up with Native Americans in Montana. And, and, and they, the thing I learned when I was very young is, you know, everything is connected. We're all one thing and we all in this together. Mm. And, uh, but, but I, you know, all the plants and everything, you know, they're your cousin. I mean, you know, we're all, anything li- alive or living on this planet is, we're all somehow somewhere connected. And and we live, you know, that way. But but anyhow, so I um, I um, a couple of days later, I packed up the RV and I started heading. I went up to see one of my daughters in Fort Lauderdale, and then I went to see one in Nashville, and then one somewhere else. I had four daughters, so I um, ended up going back, and I ended up in um, LA. And I said, you know, this isn't going to work. I need to go find something. So I went to Tucson and that wasn't right. So I said, I'm going to go up to Flagstaff because it's like where I'm from, Montana. They have the Mm -hmm. pine trees and the cold and a bit of snow and skiing and everything. So it just was calling. So I went up, I I headed up to, um, uh, from Tucson, I headed up to Flagstaff that night, but, but it was too far. So I, about two thirds of the way up, I saw a little road sign with an RV park an arrow going to an RV park and I pulled into the down the road and it had took me to Sedona, Arizona. And I'd never been to Sedona, never knew anything about it actually. And but I got there and it was like 10 o'clock at night. I pulled in uh it, and parked the 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 RV. And <clears throat> the next morning I got up and I looked outdoors. I opened the door and I looked outdoors and I said, I'm not leaving here. This is like living in a national park. <laughs> and I don't have to, and I don't have to move every two or three weeks. And uh, so, but anyhow, it's, it's the big red rocks and it's very earthy. And then they have Oak Creek. I was parked within a two feet of Oak Creek, this, you know, river running through the town. And it was just, it was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, I had, I'm taking a while to get to the story, but anyhow, then uh, I, I, Immediately, it, it had like 20, 30 art galleries in town. Well, that was one of my loves. I didn't want to buy any art. I didn't want to own it, but I still appreciated art. And so anyhow, they would have a lot of people come to town. So I got to meet all the gallery owners. And eventually, there was an artist coming to town that I knew. And uh, I said, I went to the gallery owner, and it took me about three weeks to get her to let me do it. But I said, you need to let me come in and redo your gallery and uh, 
and, and light up this artwork because I know it, I've owned part of it and so on over the years. And it, finally her husband convinced her that I knew what I was doing. And so the day he come to town for with the art, I, I took down like 200 lights and they were hanging from the ceiling. And they had like 200, 300 paintings in the gallery. Took everything down, it was completely black. Then we brought in a couple dozen pieces of art and we spaced them perfectly. And then we lit each one, one at a time, so we could create the presence, kind of like the artist wanted you to see the art. And uh, and and that night, um, she came in and was standing in the doorway and she broke down in tears. She said, I've never seen anything so beautiful. And she'd been in the art business for 30 years. And so anyhow, everybody in town that owned a gallery was at that event. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted to know who did the lighting. And all of a sudden, I had this automatic hobby business. And so I was lighting art galleries from Scottsdale to Taos and Sedona and everywhere in between because of the special. I, I just knew how to light art. I know artists and so on. So anyhow, that got me in. That got me back in the electrical business because I had to buy lighting tracks and do whatever so I could fix everything yeah. the way I wanted it. And then one day I was sitting there typing on a computer. This is back in the middle 90s. I was typing on a computer and the uh, computer kept crashing. Well, I knew that it was static electricity because the computer wasn't grounded and there was a lot of static in the environment. So <clears throat> I went and got a piece of copper tape and laid it across my desk, um, connected it to a grounded outlet or a ground and then i would touch the tape before i would touch the computer then i had no problem but i had to get the static off my body so that it wouldn't cause the computer to glitch up now a lot of people don't know that but everybody's had that shock that you see that little blue light or whatever if you can see that light that's about somewhere between three and five thousand volts of charge <laughs> mm. Oh, it's so, good to know. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to harm you because there's no amperage behind it, but it's going to shock you. <laughs> and so anyhow, uh, and after I got my order in and everything for some lighting parts and whatever for the show, I went outdoors and I sat on a bench outside of this little gallery and and uh, where I was working at. And um, a tour bus pulled up. It was about, you know, it was a Japanese tour group. They were a little shorter and they were all coming off the bus, marching in line, but they all had these nice, big, white Nike-type tennis shoes. And for some reason, intuitively, I, I, looked, I, I looked at a tree, and, and I saw a tree up in a power line. I, I can know what that's all about. And then I looked at these people wearing these shoes, and I said, I wonder if there's a consequence to humans no longer being naturally grounded, because, mm. you know, I'm... Back then, I don't know how old I was. I was up there pretty good, but but I uh, I, I was born in 1944. So that was a long time ago, before television, before anything. <laughs> we had cowboys and Indians. That's what we had, and and mm -hmm. whatever. And um, but anyhow, so I didn't really know, uh, but I had just reduced that static, and I knew that static was on my body, and that was causing the computer problem. And so I went home that night and I went and took a, a meter and started measuring the electrical charges on my body where I was living. And um, I thought, wow, this is just incredible. I had no idea that 
all this electrical noise was going on inside a home. And so I went back to the hardware store and bought a, a roll of three inch wide metal duct tape. And I tell this story for all the guys so they can go do this. <laughs> but anyhow, I bought a three inch roll of metal aluminum duct tape that you use for wrapping heating pipes and so on. And I laid it across my bed, connected a ground wire to it, threw it out the window, connected it to the earth, and threw a second one out for a meter so I could measure the difference when I was grounded and when I wasn't. Sure enough, as soon as I laid down on the tape that was grounded, my body voltage went to zero, like it would be outdoors if I were standing barefoot on the earth. And, and, and so I went back and forth just a little bit and I was sitting, laying there in bed. And <clears throat> next thing I knew, I had fallen asleep and it was morning. Now I was 54 years old, that, about that time. And uh, I had a lot of pain because I grew up on a, a ranch. I had skied for 30 years. I had played tennis. I had, uh, I, I've done everything, you know, you used your body. Yeah. I used it. I abused it. <laughs> and when we were kids, you know, we'd go on the weekends, we would go ride the rodeo circus. After you work all week, then in the summertime, you go on the weekend to party, you, you go ride the rodeo circuit. You put in 10 bucks, 20 bucks. And so you can ride a calf or a steer or whatever. And then you get a ribbon, maybe doesn't matter. It, but anyhow, so yeah. when you live, when you live in a certain town, it's, it's it, back then it was measured by six packs. It took three six packs to get from Billings to Butte or to Bozeman or to Missoula or wherever. But it was just kind of, you know, a rough life, your cowboy life. And it's kind of, uh, it's, it's a strange life. Wouldn't Don't let your kids grow up to be cowboys for sure. But anyhow, um, so, but I had lots of pain. And I remember one time going outdoors and I was looking up at the sky and <laughs> And and I, I just said to myself, or to God, I said, why did you make my body with so much pain in it? Because I was just in terrible pain, chronic mm -hmm. pain all the time, my whole mm -hmm. life. Ad, Advil, coffee, whatever. And then and then just dismissed that. But I went back in the house, started playing with it a little bit. And but, but anyhow, so the main thing that night, I went to sleep and I did not sleep. I normally had to take Advil or pain pill, I mean, or something. Um and then in the morning, I had to drink lots of coffee to get up and move around. And so I played with it for a few couple of days. And each night, I fell asleep almost instantly. And normally, I would watch TV. And the TV was on in the morning when I because I had to leave it on to have some noise to, or whatever. But anyhow, so I um, one of my friends had that I'd met there in Sedona had some arthritis and sleeping issues. And another one had some issues. And I said, you guys need to try this. And I saw so took the tape over, put it on their beds uh, and, and um, uh, did the similar thing to what I had. And I said, go to bed and tell me what you think. And the next morning or what, about two days later, the one guy who had the arthritis come over and he said, he said, do you think this could have any uh, impact on the arthritis? He said, I'm sleeping better, but my arthritis pain is way down. I said, no, I don't think it has anything to do with pain. I just think it has to do with all this electrical stuff that's in the environment. Uh, and when you're not, when your body's not grounded to the earth or not in contact with the earth, then your body's an antenna that attracts all of this electrical craziness. And, and I said, so I, I didn't, and then all of a sudden I realized my pain had gone way down. 
and I was sleeping better. My energy was good. And I was, you know, excited, you know, I thought this is great, you know? And so anyhow, then, uh, same thing with the other fella. He just, he was a little more challenging, but anyhow, um, we all slept better and we, and so after a couple of three weeks, I said, this is real. And I started looking in the literature and there was nothing. I would go on Nexus, Lexus, or I would go, the internet wasn't uh, far enough along then to really have any search capabilities or anything. And then, um, then I decided, well, I'll go down to Tucson, down to the University of Arizona. And I knew a doctor down there. I said, uh, you know, and see if I can get into the library and see if we can find something. Couldn't find anything. So I went back to Sedona, uh, spent another couple of weeks, and I said, this is important. It's real because no matter what I do, no matter who I ground, pain goes away. And I thought, this is really weird that I don't know about this because I'd been in business for 30 years and never heard of it. And so mm. I, uh, I ended up packing up the RV, leaving Sedona, going out to UCLA. And I said, I'll go out there because those guys know everything. I said, and, and so I made my way into the sleep lab and, or one of the sleeping labs, I think. And, and I got in there and there was a three or four guys in there. And then a professor type came in and I told him what I was doing. And he looked at me and he says, you expect us to believe somebody's going to drive a nail in the ground, tie a wire around it and tie it around somebody's toe. And they're going to sleep better. They said, you're nuts. Get out of here. You're nuts. Go away. And so anyhow, uh, for some reason, we were able to keep the conversation going. And I learned that I didn't know anything about biology. And I knew they knew nothing about electrical. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, but this is back, you know, long time ago, you know, in the late 90s. You know, how much we've learned every year and how much. I mean, it's just remarkable. But but anyhow, so we we learned so much. And uh, but anyhow, so. <clears throat> Uh, they said if I wanted to do a study, it would take five years, cost $5 million, and there's no guarantee it'd be published. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. So I hired a couple of the kids there to help me design a study. And then I went up to Ventura, California, and uh, ended up pulling together a group of 60 um, subjects, 30 of them to be grounded, 30 of them to be placebo grounded. And then we hired a nurse to administer the, I mean, you know, handle the people and take care of everything. And and then all I did was go out and actually do the grounding installs like I had done at my home in Sedona. And so we had little 12 inch wide pads, 24 inches long, and they were conductive material that we would use on a bench or a, uh, a carbon, um, smocks or whatever we would use in electrical environments and <clears throat> to prevent static electricity. And so I made these up and put them underneath the sheet and then had people sleep on them for six weeks. And then they would draw the names and give me the ones to go and solve. And, and um, <clears throat> so anyhow, that was all done. It took a couple of months to do it. And then and then we went and collected the data, collected the pads and everything. And <clears throat> there's a story in between that I thought that all of the problems or the benefits I was getting was from uh, grounding myself 
and you're draining static electricity and type off my body. Mm. But but when doing the grounding the 60 subjects, I, there was one day I had two people. One of them was a, like a 75-year-old man who had just had bypass surgery, all kinds of health issues. And he lived on the beach in Ventura. He lived in a, an adobe home with an adobe floor, uh, had very little electricity. And in fact, in his bedroom, he only had one lamp and it was on a, on a table away from his bed. And I went and measured the electrical noise in his home. And there was hardly any, there wasn't really anything. And I thought, man, this is horrible. This is a waste of a, a good experimental pad and so on because it was a live pad. And, but I couldn't do anything about it. You know, I had to follow the rules. And so anyhow, um, I thought that's just, you know, terrible. But so anyhow, I installed it, went across town and there was about an 80 year old woman who had crippling arthritis in both hands. And I went in to ground her bed. Her son was there to help with all this. And it was explaining to him what we were doing, but it, I always measured the electrical noise on everybody's body so that I could record it and, you know, and then show that it went away that way. I knew the ground was working or not working. And so anyhow, so I put, I couldn't get her to hold the meter like I would normally would. So I put an electrode patch on her hand and connected it to the meter and then connected a ground wire to the other hand, connect and threw it out and, you know, and grounded it. And so about five, six, 10 minutes later, she said, well, this one's working, but this one's not. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, well, the pain here has come down, but the one over here hasn't. And mm. I looked at her and I realized that the one that didn't come down was connected to the meter. So I reversed them and put the other one over there. And she says, and a few minutes later, she says, okay, now it's working. So that was the first time I ever recognized that pain instantly almost mm -hmm. nearly instantly reduces when you're grounded. I mean, I had grounded myself, I'd play, but I never focused on it because I was using mats and things I was laying on. And so <clears throat> anyhow, I thought, well, this is great because we're gonna get good results and she had high noise levels and stuff. And so <clears throat> about six weeks later, when they had gone out and collected the final, uh, questionnaires and all that stuff that they did uh, with the subjects. <clears throat> I noticed when those two came back, they were laying on the table and I looked at them. I said, there's something really wrong here because both of these people had serious, serious health problems. And yet they both had the same results. And I said to myself, okay, it's not the electrical noise in the environment that's causing these issues. It's something else. That's when I recognized it was the electrical energy of the earth coming up those wires onto the ground pads. They were laying on their bodies and they were earth grounded and charged mm. with earth's electrical energy, earth's sunlight, you know, uh, and so on. And so anyhow, I was really puzzled because for months I had been thinking it was something else. And so that night I went home and I tried every way to replicate that and <clears throat> and tried to figure out why this electrical noise, you know, what was going on. I would use capacitors, I would use block out magnetic fields, block out electric fields, I would do everything. And finally I realized that it's real. It's because 
it's just the electrons of the earth, the body's absorbing them and they're acting as a pain reducer, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. So anyhow, uh, I took that information and I ended up going down and doing another sub, uh, yeah, you can break in here anytime if you have something. But anyhow, um, I went down to San Diego and I found an um, anesthesiologist that was just retired and he was bored and he was looking for something to do. And I says, I, this is what I'm doing and I, I would like you to help me do a study because you're a doctor and you're qualified, you can get uh, IRBs and you can do all this stuff. So, so anyhow, he said, I don't believe that there's anything to what you're doing, but he said, I'll certainly entertain you. <laughs> and so we, we grounded 12 women in that study. They're from San Diego area. They didn't know each other. They were from different parts of the county. And, <clears throat> and we decided to measure cortisol. So we had them chew little uh, saliva type cotton pads and and then every four hours for 24 hours, then put it in a freezer in a little tube and freeze them uh, one, at, one at a time. <clears throat> and then uh, we collected them, sent them to the lab. Mm. And uh, then six, eight weeks later, we went back and had them do the same thing, chew the saliva and put them in, freeze them, send them back to the lab. And then when we got the results, <clears throat> we don't know what we were expecting, but cortisol is a stress hormone. Right. So if you have elevated cortisol, then that means you're stressed. Well, people who have a lot of pain and anxiety, irritability, uh, and um, other related issues, then you know you can measure cortisol and so what we found was everybody's cortisol before was like spaghetti everybody's profile was a little bit different and and uh so we uh and when uh, but on the grounded subjects after they'd been grounded for six eight weeks all of them went into a unified or a uniform uh profile so at at um I never can figure out these cameras, but anyhow, as the um, uh, the profile of the first group, I mean, when they were not grounded, it looked like spaghetti. They were all different. And these were women ages 60 to maybe uh, 20. And, and um, so what we learned, the biggest issue we learned was at four o'clock in the morning, cortisol skyrockets, the secretion yeah. of cortisol in the body. And mm -hmm. we said, how is that possible? Because there's nothing in the environment that's cueing that or signaling that. There's no daylight, there's no sound, there's you know nothing because otherwise everything else is regulated by sunlight and so on. And right. we thought that was quite odd and it took me a couple of years to figure that out, but I eventually figured it out because as this earth turns and the sun starts coming up, then the amplitude of earth's electric field begins to increase. And so there's a, about 4 a.m. is when you get the first, uh, uh, when you're first exposed to it. Yeah. And so that's, so that triggered it. And so, uh, so then I realized that it's not just the, in the electrical things involved or just the electrical surface, but it's also the uh, resonant frequencies and the cycles of the earth. And so, so this mm -hmm. was opened a big, 
this is like, wow, this thing is really exciting. And there's just all these things going on that need to be sorted out. So anyhow, that was a study. It was a pilot study. And all of a sudden, everybody was so excited that it actually got published. And I thought that was not, and then they wanted to do more studies. And, and I, they were supposed to do a bigger cortisol study, but they, everybody got sidetracked. And we ended up doing like 30, we have well, maybe 30, 35 peer-reviewed published studies now on this subject. <laughs> and so, uh, and my role was to, I mean, I funded most of it and guided I I'm, wasn't an re actual researcher, although I prodded them and poked them and said, this is what we're doing next. This is what we need to find out and so on. Because yeah. everybody was mystified because nobody knew anything about it. Yeah. So this well, is and, and that's the, you know, that th that is still the case. I mean, the yeah. the awareness is getting out there more and more now, but I want to I want to bring us back a little bit too, because okay. I want to highlight the significance of these studies. And when we talk about cortisol levels, that is that the stress induced chemicals that our body creates. And, you yes. know, if we consider the constant states of stress that the majority of people are living in nowadays, um, we are always producing high levels of that, which in turn creates disease in the body. Yes. And so again, the significance of these studies is when we find something that lowers those levels that helps and reduces inflammation, then that is profound. It is a yeah. big, big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Um... <clears throat> The, the, we earned, we learned early on that connecting the body to the earth and absorbing earth's energy or the electrical surface charge of the earth, that when you touch the earth, you're, it migrates into your body and you're actually considered negative. You're grounded. Mm -hmm. When you're not, you put on shoes, then you're not grounded. You're kind of like an astronaut above the insulated from the mm. earth and That's a great um, way to so, put it. yeah and anyhow the the concept was everybody wanted to know well, what's the mechanism of action no one knew i did i certainly didn't know but it was about that time uh one day i was reading a uh, a paper that had just been published on neutrophils and <clears throat> when you have pain in the body or you have yeah you have pain uh, you know, or how the, how a neutrophil works. If you have a pathogen in the body, the immune system sends a neutrophil over and it will, uh, it's a, kind of like a jelly cell. It'll wrap itself around the pathogen and then it releases what we call reactive oxygen species. <clears throat> the word reactive got my attention because that means it's electrical. It's reactive. It can rip an electron from, so that's how the immune system works. It releases these um, white blood cells. They release reactive oxygen species, various different kinds. And they destroy pathogens and viruses and whatever by destroying them by ripping their electrons off of their the shell or the outer surface of the, uh, of the pathogen. And, and that was the lightning bolt for me. 
because then I recognized that how the immune system works because it's oxidizing these pathogens. And if the body's grounded, then these free electrons instantly reduce any remaining reactive oxygen species left over after an oxidative burst. If the body is not grounded and it's short of electrons, short of Earth's energy, you're not eating enough blueberries fast enough or whatever, <laughs> but you can't, you can't really replace Earth ground uh, in that fashion. But anyhow, um, so if... I like that you highlight the, that. You can't replace it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't but, think so, yeah. So the, uh, so we recognized it was just started asking questions. Well, pain, you can't, you can't have pain in the body unless you have inflammation. But at this time we didn't know about inflammation because it wasn't until 2004 that Ritger and the boys back at Boston Mass published that first study. And they said, you don't have cancer. You don't have this. You don't have that disease. What you have is chronic inflammation. And I, it was unfortunate that they presented it that way because inflammation means body on fire. But back then, nobody knew what the fire was. And it was by mm. asking this question about the neutrophil and then wondering, okay, if the body's not grounded and it really Earth-free electrons are primal antioxidants, they're, they were there before anything. You know? And they were always a resource that the body relied on in order to ground any remaining radicals after that are left over as a remnant from an oxidative burst because you can't have inflammation in a grounded body. It's like animals in the wild. No such thing as, I mean, by and large, there's no such thing as cancer in the wild population. There is in certain areas where we've destroyed their environment and so on. But generally yeah. speaking, cancer doesn't exist in the wild population, nor cardiovascular right. disease, MS, any of it. On the other hand, animals who live indoors with their owners they all manifest the same health disorders as their owners and 50% of them die from cancer, just like their owners. That's when I knew that this was an environmental change. We had changed our environment. We went from being grounded people to being ungrounded people. And right. in 1960, how we became ungrounded was in 1960, we invented the synthetic materials that we put, you know, they made carpets and, uh, and, and then we uh, started making synthetic sole shoes with that nice foam. And so in the 60s, we started wearing insulative type footwear. Before we were always barefoot or we wore leather. And leather is a semiconductor. So you were kind of grounded when you're wearing a leather shoe. So anyhow, for 1960 up till about 1990, 100% of the population or 95% of the population had switched to these synthetic sole shoes. They were inexpensive, colorful. Everybody loved them, you know. And right. Were, well, you know. and again, that's a really profound statement because, you know, the studies that you have done are when we look at the 1960s, when that transition had taken place, what skyrocketed? Well, that was the question right there was, uh, yeah, this was like, this was this is uh, just a monumental because it wasn't you couldn't just look at one thing or this or that it's it's a host of things. Mm. Uh, yeah. So it's like the the word inflammation means inflame. Okay, inflame 
I know that word because in cable system, if we don't ground everything, we're going to have a fire in the home in flame. Yeah. <laughs> and and so on. So I, this was kind of, um, if I hadn't had the background I had, I could never have sorted this out. And if I didn't have 25 years to do nothing else but this, I couldn't have sorted this out because everybody thought I was nuts along the way. But anyhow, um, so... In the 1960s, we started wearing rubber sole shoes. So now those people started losing their negative charge, the body's negative charge, and the body became, it was short of electrons. So now the immune system only knows to do what it does. It's going to still uh, you know, take out a pathogen or whatever. And if there's remaining radicals, they're only gonna last three to four nanoseconds before they steal an electron from an adjacent cell and damage it, sending another message out to the immune system. Something's here getting me. So another neutrophil comes and cleans up that mess. So now you're starting a fire. You're oxidating. This is called right. oxidation. Yeah, your and body so is working against itself. Right. So the word, <clears throat> the word, you know, so the body is, yeah, burning up, eating itself. Mm -hmm. And, and um, yeah. uh, maybe we get to mention that later. It's like, you know, the word lupus comes from wolf, German. And the reason is because a wolf, if it's caught in a trap, it'll chew its leg off to save its life. Okay, uh, so that's kind of... Perfect sense. So that's, so that's kind of what <laughs> people have some certain diseases, you know, how they got their names and so on. But anyhow, um, uh, so it's all interesting. But anyhow, so what we had discovered is if I ground the body, then the body naturally, it's an electrical phenomenon, natural phenomenon. The body absorbs these electrons, equalizes with the earth because the earth is infinitely large. Body relatively is infinitely small. So if they touch each other, they're going to equalize electrically. So you take your feet off the earth, put shoes on. Now you're no longer, you lose that connection. And then you bleed off the your, your ground charge just by breathing oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's it was fun doing all of this, and I'm still doing Beautifully it. Beautifully designed. Yeah, every day where there's a new study that's coming up, and somebody wants and and whatever. So, but anyhow, so what we figured out is the word inflammation is a misnomer. What's really going on is we lost our ground. We lost that natural protection that we had throughout all millennia since from the beginning of time. The plants in the wild, the animals in the wild, they don't suffer from autoimmune diseases. Autoimmune diseases means that the immune system is uh, not shutting down after an oxidative burst. It's just continuing on. So it's continuing to oxidize. And, and so as soon as we ground the body, the oxidation stops and it's almost instant. Now, you may, you may have a health disorder that's gone on for 10 years. And there's a lot of damage been done. And it's like I tell people with MS, and I learned this um, uh, in my early days, I did a lot of work with, I could only find, um, you know, rheumatologists that the only ones that give me a customer or uh, somebody to work with. They said, you, you take them, we can't do anything for them. And uh, uh -huh. so I, I spent a lot of time grounding people with MS and lupus and uh, and I knew a little bit about it. But anyhow, so I it could take a, a, a lady who had MS and normally her hand was, you know, the muscles uh, 
uh, you know, the myelin sheath had been eaten up the month and the nerves exposed. And so there'd be a lot of pain and a lot of stress with it. And so anyhow, I could put a patch in the palm of the hand of a lady who has MS and have her sit there for 30 minutes. And in that 30 minutes, she would start turning pink because as soon as you get grounded, you absorb all these electrons from the earth and they instantly coat the red blood cells. They increase the negative surface charge or the free electrons on red blood cells by almost 300%. There's a study published on PubMed showing this, a couple of them now. And uh, <clears throat> so now the red blood cells repel each other. They can't stick together where before they get thick and sticky, can't get in and out of capillaries, can't oxygenate the tissue. So now the red blood cells can get in there, oxygenate the tissue and reduce the, you know, reduce the inflammation. Yeah. And it's just an automatic, beautiful process. It's just simplistic. And um, <clears throat> so, but anyhow, I could, I got to the point where I could take any lady with MS and I would ground her for 15 to 30 minutes. And I said, I can tell you for sure right now, you no longer have MS because MS is the process of neutrophils oxidizing the myelin sheath because they're not, the immune system is not shutting down. It's just continuing going on. <clears throat> and I said, but as soon as I ground you, your body's being flooded with electrons and your blood circulates once a minute. So one who takes a few minutes for your whole body to become, but it instantly shuts down the, um, the inflammatory process because now the body's being flooded with free electrons. It automatically reduces the radicals. And, and so the immune system stops the process. The fire well, not is only, out. Yeah. Not only are people experiencing the effects that they feel better, they're less pain, but when you yeah. tell them a statement like that, it, it, just encourages them. It's a very powerful statement of yeah. you don't have MS right now. No, you and, can't have M can't have it when you're grounded. Right. You have the you have the damage and there's some repair that needs to be done. And the body yeah. will return to normal if you take care of it and stop all the process. But I'm sorry I didn't mean to butt in there. <laughs> no, I, I love this and I just want to thank you so much for pushing forward. And yeah. even though you had the naysayers and the people that called you crazy, I can only imagine over all of the years saying this works and I'm going to prove it. And I'm going to find somebody to listen to me and somebody to experiment with me yeah. and let's get the, the proof and the science out there and yeah. the, uh, the written aspect of that to really be able to show the effects. Yeah, it's um, it it turned into a mission, <laughs> and even today we send out you know a thousand plus sometimes five thousand packages a day, and this is around the world. It's all people who, when they first find out they have cancer or this kind of a health disorder or whatever, a lot of the you know the protocol for uh, with cancer, the first thing to do is reduce inflammation. First thing to do. Uh, with any, it's with any disease actually reduce the inflammation, and <clears throat> so it's it's coming into its own. It's not something that's going to just everybody's going to know about it overnight. It took me twenty five years to get it this far. It's like the cable industry. It took us fifty years to get it, dig it out of the dirt and hang it up, and and then the money guys came along and turned it into money. Anyhow, so uh, it's going to. There's another twenty years worth of work that needs to be done, and yeah. this work primarily is going to be the moms. 
uh, sharing it with their daughters and the daughters sharing it with their moms. And this is, yeah. it, it's like I mentioned that the majority of the earthing products that are sold today, these are 90%, 99% women. Moms take care of the health of the family and each other. And yeah. that's why that's kind of that way. But yeah. they love it because it doesn't cost much if, and it's right. free if you just want to go outdoors. And, and it works. I believe it'll spread quickly because of that, because, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the mothers and the women do share the information and what, I mean, right. you know, more innately the healing, the healer side. Yeah. yeah. They're the healers. They're the ones yeah. who take care of the health and wellness yeah. of the family. So and, I had, and, um, I had a, a comment come through and Lisa, okay. what are, what are the effects of grounding and ADHD? Well, ADHD is the, you know, here's a, you take a child and you put tennis shoes on him. You know, children, you know, they work up, they create a lot of energy and they're not grounded. Mm. You know, before, before yeah. they were always grounded. So, you know, ADHD, I, I, you know, everything is different. Every situation out there is unique uh, because it has so much to do with the environment, not just physical environment, mental and so on. And, and I often that's a whole nother story I would love to share with you. But um, the these kids, you can't, I mean, these kids now, they, they, their goal in life is to own a t-shirt, I mean, a, uh, a pair of tennis shoes that have a logo on them. And they're proud of it. It's, you know, it's an identity and so on. A lot of them sleep on them. <laughs> it's, and I may be exaggerating a little bit, but not too much here. And but the first thing they do in the mornings, they get up. They've been sleeping on a foam bed all night, insulated from the earth. They get up, put shoes on, go downstairs, walking on carpet. So they're insulated from the earth mm. from the moment they get up until the moment they go to bed. And their bodies are charged, meaning they have created a lot of inflammation in their body because they're energetic. Their their metabolism is 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 significantly increased and and just there's so much going on there and uh, but i'll tell a short story that'll put this in perspective i don't know how much time we have if we get tight tell me but but when i was a kid sitting on a horse out in a pasture uh, some summers we would have um, an infestation of jackrabbits meaning there was a lot of grass uh, the year before and and the rain and all that. So there's a lot of jackrabbits. And so there would be so many jackrabbits that at night when you're driving along, it looked like there was a sea of water out there or a lake or something. And all it was is a reflection from the eyeballs of the rabbits. And so anyhow, uh, <clears throat> sitting on a horse watching this, you, there's not a lot to do out there sometimes, but it's always fun to watch the jackrabbits and the coyotes. So they, <clears throat> if there's a lot of jackrabbits, then the coyotes come in and the coyotes, mm -hmm. Um, they'll sneak upon the jackrabbit. The jackrabbit will sense the coyote and he'll spring like 10 feet in the air. And then a coyote will zig, I mean, run the rabbit will zigzag back and forth across the pasture, keeping one eye on the coyote. But the coyote is doggedly running behind him. But the coyote will 90% of the time, if not more, runs out of energy and he drops. The coyote will, I mean, mm. the rabbit will run just a little bit further and then he'll sit there and he's kind of shaking because he's just had his life threatened, you know, and, and the coyote will always 
after a little bit, get up and wander off because he has to restore his energy before he can do that again. The rabbit will sit there and he'll sit and be shaking like that. And you can see it. And then all of a sudden he'll have a big visceral shake. And then he'll go back to eating grass like nothing ever happened. Hmm. The, the reason I tell that story is because of, for moms primarily, but ADHD is a good example. Here's these kids. Uh, they're full of all this energy out there chasing the rabbit all day long or being chased by whatever. And then they come home and they're still uh, insulated, whatever. But the coyote or the rabbit, he grounded out the inflammation that was created, the charge, the uh that was created right. in the body. He shook, he shook it out and it dissipated yeah, yeah. back into the earth. Yes. And and yeah. I tell that story primarily for moms because <clears throat> moms get up in the morning and they're they're being chased by coyotes. The first coyote is the, is a child that comes in, it's got to have this or that, or it won't get out of bed, or you got to fix breakfast, you got to do this, and just this thing that goes on every morning and then get the husband off and so on if you know if they still have one and and then um get off uh you know then she has, has to stop and get ready to go to work do whatever and it's chaos and she's running electrical and all this kind of stuff going on ungrounded then she runs out jumps in a car puts shoes on jumps in a car never hits the dirt ever some women haven't touched the earth for 30 years yeah and uh, that's osteoporosis and all that kind of stuff. But anyhow, um, so then she goes to work, runs upstairs, gets into the office, whatever, sits on a plastic, I mean, a, a chair with polymers, fabrics, on a carpet or a uninsulated flooring, and then fluorescent lights raining down on her all day, and she becomes electrified you know, whatever, uh, full of anxiety, irritability. And uh, and so I, I said, I tell the moms, if you can't do anything else after hearing what I'm talking about, you have to, when you get home at night, find 30 minutes that you can go outdoors, take a chair, sit down, take your shoes off, put your feet on bare earth, or put a little water on the patio that's not painted and, and drain out the coyote juice get rid of the stress then you'll have a smile come over in your face you you'll look 10 years younger you'll feel better uh, all the stress and tension will instantly release and then you can go to bed and sleep better <laughs> yeah and get up in the morning and feel better but reduce yeah. the coyotes is, is the point try to reduce all the coyotes in your life if possible mm -hmm. i like and that terminology our, and and but anyhow so coyotes it's cortisol the coyote for humans is cortisol every time you are stressed here, there, whatever, there's a little squirt of cortisol. Yeah. And this cortisol becomes chronically elevated. So you have a chronically elevated fight or flight system. So that's oxidizing and using up what, yeah. you know, what, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's creating, you know, the, the, the reactive oxygen species. I mean, all of the, you know, all the met metabolic processes that are going on are you're not grounded, and so now the body is electrified, and and then it manifests as, you know, anxiety, irritability, oftentimes depression. Then it goes, if it remains chronic, then it goes into, you know, fibromyalgia. Then it goes into MS, lupus, and then it goes into et cetera, et cetera. So these 
are environmental health disorders. You didn't eat something that caused MS. You did you you thought something and it elevated the cortisol in your body and your body became chronically yeah. stressed. So yeah. nature had this all taken care of. All you had to do, we were always grounded. So after the chase, you didn't even have to worry about it. You were already grounded. It was going to right. be automatically automatically reduced. And then the immune yeah. system remained normal and then health. And so that's why I always try to say, you know, health is the most natural state for the human body. If you don't have health, then something is interfering. Something you're doing is interfering with your immune system, yeah. elevating cortisol. And, and that is creating chaos. So anyhow it's i could go on for hours <laughs> um okay. i i am turn. so glad that you're sharing this information <laughs> i have definitely allowed you to talk throughout the show I, because I, it's it's all relevant and yeah. it all comes to the understanding of this has been the journey that you have been on to discover this so simple thing that we all have been created for and designed for to work in synchronicity with. And yeah. yet we have, you know, not by intention, but we have just connected and it has created a lot of issues for us. Now yes. I have a very um, interesting question for you, Clint. Do you feel that as we start understanding this more and we have more human beings ground and we become to connect with the earth more, do you feel that that will cause more, uh, have a more positive effect on more things outside of just our health and well-being? Do you think it could be a fix to other issues? Well, yes. You know, it's like... <clears throat> When you ground a child, I mean, <laughs> outdoors, I mean, the first thing that happens, well, it's like, you you know, the anxiety, irritability, and the, that a charge in your body, it, you can feel it dissipate from your body. And then uh, your blood viscosity normalizes, your circulation improves, your oxygenation improves. And, and then all of a sudden you have a smile rather than, you know, a frown and the, and you can't be angry and mad when you're grounded to the earth, you know, it drains all that away. Yeah. And, and you know, that, and, and, and so, yeah, it's, I think what's wrong with the world today is we have a lot of ungrounded guys out there running around that want to, you know, yeah. do what they always do. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, I think it's really important, not just for uh, to restore health, but to restore humanity uh, in a way that uh, we can get along, get grounded, um, get not, not just mental, physically grounded, but mentally grounded and um, you know, settle down. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it has all of the aspects that it hits It's the mind, body, soul. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I just want to wrap around again to the beginning and Clint, I'd like to say 
that you really, through your creative genius and giving so much into the world, you have given people access. And so you started by giving people access to the modem where we're able to have more pictures, more uh, mm -hmm. communication. Yes. And so that's so incredible. And now you are giving people access to their overall well-being. And, and it just spreads and radiates to so many different things throughout life, not only for ourselves, but to other people around us. And I do believe that, uh, and I, I feel that you do too, but there's a, not only are we connecting with the earth, but because there, there's a there's a communication that happens with that as well. It's not um, it's something that we might not be able to be in tune with, but I think that eventually you would be. And you talked a little bit about how you felt you were receiving messages from the earth. You had that story yeah. of when you were in Florida and you had your feet in the sand and you heard a message. Now, I know you didn't say that here on the show. You're, you're more than welcome to say what that was, but it wasn't the first time. And so that's what I mean by communication. When we start to be so in tuned with our own bodies, then we are able to be in tuned with other things around us. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the earth is a an electrical, it has an electrical communication. I mean, we use the earth to for a lot of radio. I mean, we send messages. We In the early days, the uh, Western Union, that was all sent through the earth, partly through the earth, some through wires, but the sun had to be a certain air, uh, a place at a time of day that you could send messages because the when the sun comes up, it heats the earth, creates energy. And, and so if there's a whole story about, yeah, but everything is electrical. The plants yeah. are, are are electrical. They're all connected to the, everything is electrical. When you connect to the earth, you are connected to every living thing on the planet. And there's something there that I can't put in words necessarily, but there's a synergy that that rises, an energy that rises and comes into us um, that, uh, and again, I don't know where to go with this, but there's much more out there. If we just shut our thinking down, shut our minds down, shut our beliefs down and just be, and, and let this earth and nature and uh, all life, um, there's something bigger here. We all know that, mm. uh, we have a hard time with it sometimes because we want to know everything in detail. It's bigger than that. And it yeah. doesn't just just speak a certain language. It speaks in feelings more than anything. Yeah. Uh, it's like me, I always felt I always felt this or I felt that. And anything I ever wanted showed up. All I had to do was think about it. And then wow, where'd that how'd that happen? Uh, people showed up, whatever I needed. Um, so yeah, but I that's what I wanted to make my life about is something that had meaning, not just for me, but something that I knew that while I was here, I did something worthwhile other than go shopping and mm. buy more art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. You have, you have not needed the financial abundance that any of this would have brought to you. I mean, the modem set you up for that. Right. And, but partial, when you partial. discovered that it, it, it's not, the answer it's not it's not what's making me happy 
I don't yeah. need these things. And so, yes, you have the earthing company now and you do provide the products. But really, the big message here is that all you have to do is go outside and put your feet on the ground or lay your body on the ground and connect back with the earth in order to uh, have its healing properties that were really designed to have access to we we this is our planet and so i i would love to share for just a moment my own personal testimony with this if i may clint because i have systemic lupus and so many people on the show know that and maybe people don't i don't talk about it all the time but i've had this autoimmune disorder for my entire life i was diagnosed at 15 and i've Mm -hmm. had symptoms since birth so i've always been on my own journey to find what it is where i can access healing where what it is to really get down to that root cause we've discussed a little bit. What is it that really created this? And if I know the root cause, maybe then I can understand of how to to heal. And so I've always been on that journey. And when I learned about uh, meditation first, and when I went to actually start calming myself down enough, I've learned the breath work. I really started learning that in law enforcement. Because Mm -hmm. when we were in a high stress situation, we had to learn breathing techniques so we could function properly to respond to the threat in in a proper manner. And so all of those things really started connecting together where you do calm down, you lower the heart rate, you lower the Mm -hmm. the cortisol levels, right? And so that was really the, the big aha beginning into, okay, this is what's creating healing within the body. Mm-hmm. But when I learned about earthing and the connection to the earth and how it immediately reduces inflammation and inflammation is what causes the disease and causes the yep. pain, mm-hmm. you know, yep. the chronic pain that I live with or we live with. And I tried it and it, it works. And it's like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. We are energetic beings. So my testimony here now is that it does help. It does work. And to just do it and try it. And it's amazing that I I feel kind of silly that I didn't know. And I'm so glad that we're here to share the information. Yep. Yep. Nobody knew. And it just took all these years to ferret it out. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, you've never been grounded in your life by and large because of your age when you were born and so on. And it's like, I could go into a little bit more, but, but lupus is, uh, you know, it's, it's the immune system oxidizing the body. Yeah. And, um, MS, this, you know, but no, I don't want to go there right now. But anyhow, the, uh, yeah, it does work. It's a, you know, grounding, earthing the earth. It's a birthright. You know, it's part of, yeah. uh, of the whole thing, and it's free. You do not have to buy anything. You, the front. It's unfortunate we have created a culture and a lifestyle today. We have roofs over our head. We lost our vitamin D. We put shoes on our feet. We lost our ground. Um, yeah. And then our, you know, everything is, you know, 
challenging today. So, but now you take the next generation, some, and they're starting to stand up. They recognize this, uh, and and it's it's your turn <laughs> to take all this knowledge and go on. You know, yeah. um, I wish more people in my generation had been a little more responsible, especially for global warming and everything else that's going on. And it's not politics; it's just obvious. Turn on the you know, it's everywhere. Um, uh, it's we need to take care of our environment. We're part of the environment. Um, we are the earth up walking around. Uh, we live off the earth. We breathe the earth. We drink the earth. We eat the earth. And we return to the earth. And it just keeps going. And it's, we're all part of this. And we need to take care of it. Most of all, now we need to take care of our children. Yeah. Autism, lupus, I mean, MS, diabetes. These are all inflammation-related health disorders. The immune system being compromised. Yeah. And Cancer. there is a way to not have it. You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of stats after the pandemic of the rise in these things because, you know, those yeah. uh, dormant uh, cells were really activated. And so uh, it, it can be alleviated. If we can activate something, we can also deactivate something. And I think that that exactly. is very mm -hmm. profound. And so the more that we share the knowledge, the more happier people will be. And I think that the world, of course, will evolve in the best fashion that it is supposed to. So <laughs> Clint, it has been such an honor to have you on the show. I'll bring in another comment we had from a listener. Manly says, thank you for dedicating yourself and personally funding so much of this research to all to help humanity. So yeah. thank you so much for giving me the opportunity and uh, being able to share this. And um, everybody just needs to take their shoes off and experiment and do your own research. And um, if it works, then add more grounding, add more grounding, and eventually just know that you can't have autoimmune disorder if you're grounded to the earth. The problem is how do we stay grounded? I don't know, that's next generation to figure out. We just have to, um, it's great opportunities. You know, we've evolved, we're evolving. We, we need yeah. to find the next step in, in uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, when we lost something, we need to figure out how to restore it. We need to, uh, we need to look to the earth and just be quiet and it's all there. Look at the animals and the nature. Look at nature itself. Everything's fine. Everything works. Yeah. We just have to, the truth is already there. We just need to stop. And I, I love the world today because we have all the entertainment and everything. It's great. But there's a, there's a, uh, it's a double-edged sword. sword. Yeah. You can only go so far and there has to be this balance. We have to find this way in between that we get to all the benefits of our new technology and, and knowledge and life. And, uh, but we still have to remember who we are, where we came from and um, yeah, go forward. So Clint, I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. And so I've yep. had up here on the screen, and for those of you who are tuning in with listening ears, the website is www.earthinginstitute.net. Again, that is www.earthinginstitute.net. You can also find that information in the description below. 
Clint, what is next for you? You've done an immense amount of research. You have the Institute. What are you doing now and what's next for you? Well, uh, we have, we're constantly developing new ways, new mechanisms that people can be more grounded more often in their natural living environments and lifestyles. And we're trying to encourage certain companies to participate like, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things. Um, but everybody, if, if maintaining the negative charge of the earth, the body in charge with the earth is what maintains the immune system, the electrical stability of the immune system, then we have to restore that. So that means whatever you sit on, walk on, sleep on, whatever, it has to have, it has to conduct Earth's energy. And so we have new polymers that are coming along. We have all kinds of technology that is slowly evolving. And eventually you will have grounded mattresses, you'll have grounded flooring, you'll have everything. And it'll be, you know, it'll have the designs and the styles and everything that everybody needs. But most important, uh, I stay focused on I, the, the aesthetics, it's not my problem. What my issue is, is making sure that whatever we put out there, earthing.com, that, that it, you can experience the same thing that we saw in the study so that you can become grounded and you can restore your health. After that, get involved. Anybody can get involved in this project. It's huge. There's 8 billion people out there that need to be grounded. Yeah. We've only grounded yeah. a few million of them. So it's a, an opportunity. It's the next one of the next major things that's coming on. It's yeah. uh, it's a, it's environmental health. We have to fix our environment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so I'm going to share, I'll, I'll hold up on the screen. Um, this is the earthing book that you yep. wrote and, yep. um, you also had a, another book that with many partners, many stories, uh, the Mother Earth Effect. And so yep. I just wanted to share those. You also have a documentary out there. Yes, the the Earthing movie. It's free, yeah. uh, commercial free. It's free on YouTube. Uh, and it's got like, you know, 30, 40 million views now. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's on also on Gaia, Amazon, and some of the other uh, uh, networks, but it's free on YouTube. And uh, if you have time, it's worth seeing. And there are other little short videos, one called Down to Earth. Uh, it's a 15 minute video. And uh, that one, I went viral back in 2017. It was 100 million views in 90 days. So people love this. In fact, in the Wall Street Journal, yeah. there was a, uh, an article 10 days ago front page Wall Street Journal that on TikTok, there were like in just a short period of time, there were 635 million people, 635 million people. That's one and a half times more than live in the United States. Uh, did a search on TikTok for earthing and grounding. Awesome. Oh, so this that's is, great. So this is an energy. It's a um, it's something that's just happening. You know, I, I, yeah. I've done my thing. Now it's just bombs. It's really the moms of the world sharing it and talking about it. And everybody wants to know what it is and get it. So it's, it's happening. Well, I want to, I want to give a little testimony too for some men because so 
claim we manly and i are my husband and i we have uh, one of the mats that we put on our oh. bed so we ground during our sleep every night and oh. i have to say we sleep better um yep. and I, I definitely feel less pain, less aches when I get up in the morning. And I have lived with that my yeah. pretty much most of my life, I would yeah. have to say, where I just have like so much pain, chronic pain, right? I just have learned to live with it. And so I don't, I just keep going about my day. But it was a significant difference that I have no, noticed. And my husband said, gosh, I'm sleeping so good. I'm sleeping straight through the night, but I'm going to tell everyone and, and ladies and everyone listening out there that my husband doesn't snore as loud. <laughs> that's, that's a common one. Yeah. And so it, it definitely has a wonderful, wonderful effect in so many ways. And I think that mood is a big one as well that it has an effect yeah. on, you know, the, yeah. the overall feeling uh, and emotions. So that's why I said earlier, this hits on all levels. It's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It hits all of the points. Yeah. Yep. That's why yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah. It's, so it's the right thing to do. It is. It's the right thing to do. And I want to go back a little bit too, because you said if you have time to watch the movie, no, mm -hmm. make time to watch the movie because yeah. it's a great one and it's full packed of information. Clint, you have given a massive amount of information on the show here today. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> your story yeah. and your journey. And I I honestly feel so, so grateful to have you here to speak with us on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Well, thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to share with some a handful of, I mean, your audience and all the people uh, that need to hear it and help carry it on to everybody we know. Absolutely. And we will continue to share the story. Thank you so much, Clint. And goodbye for now. Okay, and we will you. see everyone later.